Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Share Watch podcast. So, with a new name comes a new affiliation. So, I am delighted to announce for the month of September, I'm going to be working with an amazing pal of mine, Laura Farrington. So, Laura was back on the podcast a little while ago where she spoke about how she has dealt with her own meditation, how she's dealt with her own anxiety, how she's dealt with her own traumatic past experiences. And Laura and I have been friends for a long, long time at this stage. And Laura has launched a a new meditation service. And it's perfect for someone who's feeling anxious, stressed, or simply looking to feel better in their own daily routine and daily life. Laura is providing classes Monday to Friday for 15 minutes. So 7 a.m. is one class, 8 a.m. is the next class. It's simply 15 minutes. And it's a beginner's journey into meditation. Laura qualified to teach meditation about five years ago. Uh, through her course in India and she's also a fully fully qualified yoga teacher as well and the classes are incredible so I'm delighted to be partnering up with Laura there's classes that you can sign up for weekly passes there's daily passes or there are other passes as well and it's hugely important that if you're looking forward to create some sort of morning routine with the kids going back to school trying to start start off your day right or you're looking to do a quick meditation, maybe even the bus or in the car when the kids are kind of gotten out of the car or else even in the shower or whatever it may be, you can you can work with Laura and kind of join in and book that 15 minutes in for yourself and that could start off the day on the right foot. So if you're interested in working with Laura and joining up for a course, head over to Meditate With Laura on Instagram or head over to www.meditatewithlaura.ie and I have a code of Shane25, S-H-A-N-E, 25 for 25% off your initial first purchase. So if you are interested in work with Laura, www.meditatewithlaura.ie, Shane25 is the discount. And I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today is episode 211, which is crazy. So today's episode is with two uh, people so it's 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 unique to be able to get two people on at the same time but I'm super super excited for this episode so today's episode is with Alexandra Pope and Shani Hugo Wurlitzer and they are the co-directors of Red School so they've developed kind of a radical new approach to women's health and well-being creativity leadership and spiritual life based on the power of the actual cycle I first came across Red School from the amazing book Period Power by Macy Hill and since then, I've been kind of going into a little bit more detail. And you may have heard one or two of the things that I've said on the podcast on this episode already. But it's, it's it's really, really important to kind of link in and you'll be able to say, right, if you, especially if you are a girl, that you'll be able to say and link in, right, oh, this is when this is happening. or But this is coming from a, difficult, a different point of view as well. So with the combined experience in the fields of psychotherapy, hypnotherapy, coaching, embodied movement practices, teaching and facilitation, they are published authors. And they have a brand new book coming up on menopause coming out in next year, uh, middle of next year. And they have uh, an amazing book out at the minute called Wild Power. And between them, Alexandra and Shani have spent about 40 years exploring and learning about the the, the cycle and their, and their own deeply lived experiences. And the collective knowledge they've gathered from working with thousands and thousands of women. They are pioneers in this field and it's coming from a holistic point of view so some of the things that we talk about are why the cycle is the blueprint for you we also talk about coming from a man's perspective how to talk to your partner from a male perspective and how for the male to understand the cycle how to understand when the moods are low when to kind of be able to communicate how to communicate how to read signals how to read signs we also talk about kind of 
making sure that women ask for help around certain times why what's the big red rule that they talk about why the two big poles of the actual cycle itself and it, it's very very interesting to kind of come from it from a different point of view and they talk about cycle awareness an awful lot as well and it's celebrating the uniqueness of every single girl and that's a, that's a, a hugely pioneering development particularly with such a taboo subject so i hope you guys enjoyed the episode uh with the, the, the alexandra and shani from red school guys thank you so much for coming on Oh, it's lovely to be with you, Shane. This is a great conversation to be having. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys to give like a very brief introduction because uh, I know time is of the essence. So get you guys to give a brief introduction to yourselves and how kind of Red School came about uh, and what you guys do now. Certainly. So briefly for me, Alexandra, speaking now, <laughs> um, I was uh, a teacher in, ed- ed- you know, in education, and then I became a psychotherapist for 20 years. And then I did what all good menopause women do and change everything about <laughs> my life. Literally, I moved continents. I, I dropped my day job. I followed my passion, my calling, which is this work that we do. And, and, and now it is just this teaching on menstruality, the power of the menstrual cycle and the power of menopause that I focus on. And um, the work exploded for me out of horrendous menstrual pain I got just before my 31st birthday. And that was the kind of awakening moment. I wanted to heal my body and I didn't want drugs or surgery. So I followed my body and look what's happened. <laughs> we have a growing empire. We have a yeah. book and another book coming. There's another book coming out now soon as well yeah. on, on menopause and stuff, which is exciting as well, which it's is fantastic. Yeah. When you, when you kind of talk about the cycle and stuff, and I think, unfortunately, the education is only starting to come out now from various different people um, like yourselves. But for so long, it was a very big stigma. It was kind of like the elephant in the room where it was mentioned as like the, 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 the red mist or the red blob or whatever it may be in kind of in society. But why is the cycle is kind of like the blueprint of who you actually are as, as a woman, as, as a person? Shani, I think you should lead in <laughs> and, and, you know, your sort of journey with this work, you know. Yeah, we do. We talk about the menstrual cycle as being the blueprint of who you are, which is kind of a radical idea. And I imagine most people listening to this are wondering what the heck we even mean by that. Um, so, yes, my name's Shani and I'm the other half of Red School. I'm the other co-founder of uh, Red School. And I, I came to do this work really through probably like many going on uh, contraception, thinking that that was the only way to manage my fertility and not knowing enough about fertility awareness to be able to, to know that there were other options. Uh, and I experienced all kinds of problems with that. But it was really coming off contraception that I discovered that uh, when my menstrual cycle returned, that there is this, um, actually, there is this other intelligence inside of me. And that's partly what we mean by blueprint. There's this other intelligence inside of me that is dictating my rhythm, my mood, my energy, where I put my attention, what you know, what captures my attention, what I'm attracted to, what I'm not attracted to, when I want to go to sleep, how much I want to eat, just a whole myriad things are sort of governed by this rhythm of my menstrual cycle. 
So the menstrual cycle, um, you know, we all uh, experience it as, you know, a monthly bleed as a period. And uh, some of us are, are aware of our ovulation. We experience that too, if we're aware. But uh, for most of us, um, there's this other layer, which is our kind of mood and energy, which um, is dictating our whole experience. And it kind of seems chaotic or um, random or sort of out of control. But when we start to pay attention to it, we discover that there is this blueprint, there is this um, rhythm, this pattern that is quite predictable once you get to know it. And you can start to um, really organize your life around it and learn how to um, uh, actually follow it in a way that makes it a resource rather than a hindrance or a, a curse, as many <laughs> like to call it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, You mentioned there about the word pattern. And like one of the things you guys talk about is comparing the cycle with kind of like the four seasons of the year. Can you kind of talk about what like and comparing each month and whatever it may be or each side to each side of the week or whatever it may be in with each season and how that kind of ideology kind of came into your mind and how that kind of came through? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let Alexandra answer the second <laughs> part of that question because she is the the, res, the one who's responsible uh, for this whole concept of the inner seasons of the menstrual cycle. But first, I'll introduce it because it's such a beautiful way to come to understand the um, emotional landscapes of your menstrual cycle. So very briefly, our cycle has four phases, which are dictated to by the kind of biology and the hormonal shifts that happen throughout the menstrual month. And we liken each of these phases to a season of the year because each phase has its very own sort of inner atmosphere, its own, um, its own qualities. You experience different capacities. You have different needs, um, different sort of levels of sex drive, different levels of appetite if we're talking about food here as well in each season. So very briefly, uh, the first phase is menstruation. So that's the beginning of your cycle. So that's when you're bleeding. And we liken this to the winter. This is the inner winter of the cycle. So sort of roughly um, from the day or so before you bleed. So let's imagine you have a 28-day cycle. So from about day 27 until, say, day four or five, that's your inner winter. And then the phase that follows, which is pre-ovulation, um, that is the inner spring. So that's from about day six to, say, day 10 or 11. Um, and then we have the ovulatory phase, and we liken that to the summer. That's the inner summer. And then around about day 18, day 19, you would move into your inner autumn, which is the premenstrual time, which is a phase a lot of women are aware of because it, it, it causes the most trouble. Um, but in fact, we, we've got a whole other story to tell you about that one. Um, but the inner autumn is the premenstrual. So that gives you a map of the inner seasons. So Alexandra, do you want to say a little bit about how this map came into being? Because 
Uh, I will. It was many, many years ago when I was living in Australia and just starting out running workshops. And the thing I noticed about the cycle was there were, I mean, it's so obvious now, but I used to call it the okay and the not okay corral. You know, there was the okay part of the cycle, which was the first half of the cycle. And then we shifted into this other landscape that, you know, women just didn't know how to deal with and hated and found difficult. And and then as I sort of dreamt, really felt into these two halves, you know, it became, it was so obvious really, but, you know, the first half is this very much this expansion energy and the second half is this sort of drawing in contraction energy. And it just sort of organically arose to me and it was, and it was also with my colleague who was helping me, working with me at the time, um, that, you know, it was, it was like the, uh, the, the seasons, just so the, the notion of the seasons just arose in me. Um, that uh, in that growth phase, a bit like, you know, the first half of the year, you know, and also just the pattern of the light through the year, this expansion. And now we're in that um, moment, we're in this cusp moment, aren't we, as we're speaking, Shane, of just shifting into the autumn now and the light is withdrawing. Oh, my God, I'm grieving the sun disappearing <laughs> from my garden. And we have that same phenomena, uh, that energetic phenomena, not exactly the same as what's happening in nature, but that same energetic phenomena in our cycles of, of drawing in. And I thought, hey, we've got the seasons built into our bodies because I, I don't know a woman who doesn't want to retreat from the world at menstruation or just, yeah, just want to say no to everything and piss off for a while <laughs> without any responsibility. And um, and it's like that's, you know, the energy that we all have at winter of just wanting to hunker down. And so and also to, and so the seasons map just emerged. And and then the more I started talking about it and then working with Shani, the more we began to articulate all the layers of it, this whole sort of developmental process locked into this. Um, but just using the, the that term, the inner seasons of the cycle, women get it it's just it's a very easy way to talk about it and it's a lovely shorthand that women have now they just go I'm in my autumn and everyone else goes okay mate I know exactly what that yeah all right oh oh I'm just coming into winter and they go do you need anything what do you need how could you know it's a gorgeous shorthand a sort of secret communication <laughs> that we can it is. Have. It's funny when I've when I've when I've said it to kind of clients and stuff, and you compare it, and you're like, well, draw out the map, where look at the seasons, see where you pinpoint. It's like this makes so much more sense of like it because because it, it, it's very easy to get kind of bogged down in kind of like the sciencey stuff and look it up and like listen to loads of podcasts on it. But when it's easily related to, and I think that's the credit to you guys for creating it, is that it's something that everyone can kind of look at. Like it's such a massive part of your life, and if that simple diagram or a simple kind of pioneering idea can kind of be utilized by someone it, it it's it's it can be changing because you don't understand where to go you don't understand how to fuel your body when to push your body when to ease off exactly. when when's the sex drive going to be higher when it's going to be light and your partner will probably thank you as well yeah exactly uh, yeah and yeah you're so right can i can i just say something there because i think this is such a a big thing and um what happens for most women who don't have cycle awareness and haven't had this taught to them, most of us, when we're in that kind of place, we feel like there's something wrong with us because we wake up one day and we just 
don't want to do anything. And we think, what the heck is wrong with, what's wrong with me? This is what most women go through. They're like, there's something wrong with me. And then you learn about the inner seasons and you're like, oh, I'm in my autumn. Oh yeah, I actually, my energy levels have dropped. My interest and motivation have dropped. That's supposed to happen. And actually the fact that I don't want to go anywhere is exactly what I'm supposed to be feeling. And suddenly you just feel so right in yourself. It's the most liberating thing. It's such a good thing to know that there's nothing wrong with you. And I think I'd love to just add here, Shani, you're actually, once you understand and respect this map and these changing energy levels and so on, you actually become much more productive. Yeah. 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 And more efficient, far more effective in the world, far less reactive. Yeah. So, yeah. It brings in an, an element of sympathy towards yourself as well, because I think it can be, if you don't understand your body, you get frustrated and frustration exactly. leads off a lot of anger. But if you understand mm-hmm. when things are going to be like, right, I, I'm, I can take on projects. I can work is now ready for me, or I'm going to say no to things, or I can go out for my date, or I feel more confident in this dress or whatever it may be. It's freeing, it's liberating, it's giving you the power back rather than it having the power over you anymore. Exactly. And what you're talking about Mm. at a fundamental level, Shane, is you're talking about reducing stress because when we fight our body, it creates huge amounts of stress. When we go with our natural rhythms, whether it's the day-night rhythm or the rhythm of the menstrual cycle, we reduce stress. And can I just share, this is something I really want to share with your community, Shane, is when we reduce stress, our appetite regulates. That's the first thing I want to say. Emotional eating reduces when we reduce stress. We lose weight more quickly when we reduce stress. That's the one people are going to listen to. Exactly, because stress contributes to weight gain. And also, we obviously just feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the beautiful thing about not fighting your body and actually um, just working with the cycle as a way of reducing stress in your system. It's very powerful. And I think it's, it's, it's incredibly important that you understand your body. But I think it's also important for, say, if your, your partner is, is a male, because mm. obviously there is, unfortunately, there is, still is a stigma for girls and their cycles and at certain times of the month there's certain labels attached to them and stuff like that but from a man's perspective can you talk about what are some of the most common things that women kind of go through at these stages that can kind of like a little tippets or little tips that can can aid the man during this time because sometimes it can be a, a daunting experience <laughs> i often think that men are sort of treading on eggshells around us a little. Sometimes. Okay, where is she in the cycle, you know? And often they often know when their partners have gone into the premenstrual before the woman has clocked it. Because I, as a therapist, I often worked with men, couples, and this came up. It used to crack me up. Yeah. So, well, before giving sort of... You know, specific advice is often very specific to the woman, but there are some general things we can say. But the thing that's probably most important is just simply respect for the phenomena of the cycle. You know, the reality of it that, it, you know, that, that, that she does go through these changing energies and moods and interests and, and so on. So in other words, don't expect her to be the same all the time. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 
Don't expect. And of course, by the way, you're not the same all the time either. You see, the the lucky thing for women is that we can predict our changes to some extent because of the cycle. You know, Shani can look at her diary and go, you know what? No, no, we're not going to book that in next week because, you know, I'm due to bleed. I mean, it's just so sensible. (laughs) So um, just respecting the fact of her cycle and actually getting to know it, you know, knowing, asking her what day she is of her cycle or and 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 as you get to know her, the, her cycle you'll get to feel the change of season in her and 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 will sort of implicitly to some extent understand how to respond if there's a good connection in the relationship um but you know when you're just starting out show interest i can't tell you that would be just so amazing just show interest Mm. Shani, do you want to say some things? You're in- no, I realise we've been dropping this term in here, there and everywhere, which is menstrual cycle awareness. And um, I just want to say a little bit about that. It's a, it's a phrase that we coined to describe this act of paying attention to where you are in your cycle. Uh, and more than that, not just paying attention to where you are, but noticing your mood and energy and then living according to that rather than overriding it. So that's the practice of menstrual cycle awareness. And we dedicate a whole chapter in our book, Wild Power, to describing that. And the reason I want to just highlight that is because to answer your question, Shane, the first thing I would say to men and partners and even professionals working with uh, women, if you're working closely with women, is for you to practice menstrual cycle awareness. In other words, what Alexandra's saying. So you are clocking and paying attention to where the woman is in their cycle and you're noticing how they change and you're sort of familiarizing yourself with how they respond in the different seasons. So yeah, that's that's definitely the number one thing. And then as Alexandra said, sort of asking questions and taking an interest in what they're experiencing and how it is for them in each um, season. So that would be the first uh, part of it. But then to be um, a little more sort of offer you some kind of general tips, I guess. What I would say is, generally speaking, most women... um, don't need as much in the first half of their cycle. So in the in the inner spring, pre-ovulation, in the inner summer, women tend to um, be more outward focused. They tend to have more energy. Um, they're more generous, gen- generally speaking, and um, their needs are a little more subdued. They're not feeling things as strongly, and they're probably not as sensitive, and they're emotional life is more um, quelled. They feel more resilient. It's amazing to experience this, but I I wish I could give a man an experience of a whiz around the menstrual cycle. It's so so fascinating because I I always surprise myself. I'm like, wow, I can take on the world. There's certain points where I'm like, nothing can touch me. I feel so confident and strong. And then across that line into the inner autumn, like, I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I just feel so just naked, stripped. So let, let me come to the second half of the cycle. Then. <laughs> the inner autumn and winter tends to be uh, where women need more, need more support, um, need you to um, listen more, uh, need you um, to be more present, really, there is nothing that will piss a woman in her inner autumn off more than if you ignore her or like yeah. 
um, sort take of take it for granted, take it for granted, or dismiss her, or uh, so. Yeah, uh, women generally want um, to really be met, and um, and that's you know the autumn and the winter. You know, most women want to be left to retreat and left to um, have time alone and uh, feel that you are kind of holding fort for them in a way, supporting them or um, encouraging them even. A lot of women find it really hard to rest and stop. And I think most women would love to have their partner say, go on, like, you really deserve a rest. Just you don't worry about a thing. Like, just go for it. Like, kick back, relax, you know. Uh, I think most women would be like, oh, thank you for that permission. (laughs) I think most women would love that kind of support. So those are sort of some general tips. Alexandra, have you got anything else? Well, I'm thinking of the phrase you used when we were talking about this earlier. You just love it when, you know, if your husband can say, I've got it, because Shani has two children. I've got it. I've got it. You know, I'm holding things because often, you know, the woman is holding everything. I I really want to emphasize here that what a woman is wanting, you know, at menstruation or premenstrually is nothing she wouldn't, she isn't, is what she's not, or she's already giving to you. It's not like she has special needs or anything. These are human needs and hers just happen to happen, happen to occur, you know, in that second half of the cycle most acutely. But um, equally you as a man are going to have those kinds of feelings. And, you know, in a way, um, it's it's about both of you having your needs met. It isn't that the woman is a special problem with the cycle. I really want to get away from that. And also, you know, if you have been allowing you as a man, if you have been allowing yourself to be carried by your partner in the sense of, you know, because we are superwoman in, you know, especially in so we're total superwomen in, in, in the summer of the cycle and coming up to that. And we, of course, will just take on everything. And of course, who doesn't love people doing stuff for you? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and then in the second half of the cycle, she suddenly goes, Jesus, I'm exhausted. Whew. Because that's when the they you get to really feel your true energy levels and um and suddenly you go, I'm overdoing everything. I do not want to do everything for anybody, you know, and then that's where we want other people to step up. Um and if you've been sort of carried or going for a ride a bit, that's kind of jarring yeah, a, bit. It's a bit of a shock. It is a bit of a shock, yes. Yeah. I mean, in a in an interesting sort of way, I experience not in quite that version with Shani, but Shani is super competent at all the sort of practical stuff in the business and everything that's going on, you know, f- fingers in every pie, managing it all. She's brilliant. And um when she comes into her late autumn or just even coming into the autumn, there's this shift in atmosphere. And suddenly I feel, oh, I can't cruise on the back of Shadi anymore. <laughs> Not that I do that too much, do I, Shadi? <laughs> but suddenly all the jobs are coming your way. <laughs> yes, suddenly there are a whole lot of jobs coming my way, you know, that normally I don't have to get my brain around, you know, because, I'm, yeah, I'm doing other things. So, you know, I have to suddenly pick up things that, uh, yeah, she was holding before. It's very interesting. And also the other thing to emphasize is we have this very critical energy in the autumn that can come through and we're very, very insightful and it's not always comfortable. But, you know, how I salute men who can 
turn and meet their partners if they are starting to get critical and provocative and challenging and really listening to them because it's an incredible moment of um, strengthening your relationship if you know how to meet her. It's very powerful. So don't disappear on your partner when she starts getting kind of nye, 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 this isn't right. That's, and, you know, we can be a bit tedious too. I will put my hand up to that. <laughs> but listen to her. Just listen. There'll be some gold in there. Mm. Yeah, the feedback, the truth will be in there somewhere. The truth will be in there. There's definitely a truth-speaking power Shane, yeah, it kind of it does come out, and I, I would say, like, I'd say, my girlfriend is like Shane. You know too much, and I'd, I know it to the day by just by just knowing it from all the research. So that doesn't help her either. So, uh, <laughs> but it's it's interesting because I think it's for so long it was a taboo, and now it's becoming a little bit more of a, a norm. There's still an awful lot of work to do to it. Mm. Um, but in relation to kind of the, you talk about the kind of the, the withdrawn part of kind of like the season and stuff like that. What can the partner, male or female, whatever it may be, can they do to support that? Because that's the part where they may not necessarily want to talk about things, to communicate about things, to actually want to do anything. What can the partner do apart from maybe give a little bit more chocolate? Yeah, it's a good start. Very good start. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like sort of feeding meat to the lion, you know, <laughs> just throw the, throwing the dog a bone, you know, it's like... You know, get your teeth into that. <laughs> um, now I've distracted myself from the question. Sadi, you take it. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, it's a good question. So really what you're talking about is at the time of menstruation during our inner winter, how we have this impulse in our bodies to kind of drop our bundle and to let go of responsibility and to drop the sort of effort and the pushing, um, which is a very, very, very hard thing to do in our culture because our culture is not cyclical and we don't value cyclicity, which is why there's such a sustainability crisis on the planet and why there's so much burnout and, um, and so many mental health problems. So it's a really, I just want to say it's a really hard thing to do is to really honor that need to stop. But, when we stop at menstruation, when we rest, it's a lot like resting at night. You get the most bang for your buck. You know, as a woman, if you can rest during menstruation, even for just a bit longer than you normally might, lie in longer, have an afternoon nap, whatever, cancel some plans, whatever you can do to reduce your load and have more kind of downtime, the more you're going to tank up your system for the whole of the coming month, the more you're going to have, you know, creative fuel, the more physical energy you're going to have, the better your mental health will be, the better your relationship's going to be. So it's a really valuable, it really pays to rest and stop. Um, But we need, we do need help to do it because as Alexandra said, often the woman is carrying the load Uh, in the home that's often the case but even if that isn't the case like I'm in a very um, my my relationship with my husband is very you know he does more of the domestics than I do to be honest so that's not the case but still I have responsibilities and without him I couldn't stop or without Alexandra who's my work partner I couldn't stop so for 
anyone to stop unless you're a hermit on a hill you need somebody else to cut the pick up the, the slack for you really on a very practical level you need somebody else who will take your kids to school or will make dinner or who will uh, pick up your workload at work or whatever so I mean that's really the thing is to have a conversation with somebody probably in the first half of their cycle and say what can I take off your plate when you're bleeding what can I do for you that will lighten your load and give you a time to sort of kick back you know shall I do dinners those nights or will I do you know the grocery shopping or you know why don't I take on that work project you know people have got different or maybe a shift you can swap a shift with a colleague or something you know so I, I would say to really get practical that's the thing and to have the conversation properly beforehand um that's the one thing and then um just generally if you're in a if you're living with somebody and if you're in a, a relationship um it's nice to just treat the person and by that I mean um little acts of kindness go such a long way to mm. aiding that feeling of soothing at menstruation you know if somebody kind of goes can I bring you a cup of tea my whole system so oh yes thank you you know just somebody thinking about you just someone caring for you so lovely so any any little kind it doesn't even have to be big stuff any small you know rub your feet or uh, anything any, anything small uh will go a really really long way so i hope uh, does that help no that, that 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 definitely does help um i think it is it's kind of about like it doesn't matter how small you may feel the gesture is it probably means a lot more to the partner than you actually probably realize they may not Absolutely. they may not thank you for it then and there but yeah. they no they might not actually and that's a big thing they may not thank you for it there they'll be like thanks and then that that yeah. could be like move on but yes. then probably when they're coming back out of it into the spring and stuff that's when and it's not about like you deserve to get like a prize or anything for bringing a cup of tea that's not what i'm saying what yeah. I'm saying is you'll probably it, it goes in roundabouts when you're on having low, like lads do have low days too that exactly. on. Um, especially if I haven't been fed so that's exactly. a big thing <laughs> <laughs> or haven't slept exactly uh, so there's two mate we, we have time we have times too mm. we, like the labels and stuff like that I know this is a, this isn't a question that I sent over to you guys so the labels that are attached to or certain words that are attached to kind of girls around certain times of the month do you see them going away anytime soon or do you think it's kind of, are they here to stay for a while? Oh, well, I'm sure you can guess our answer to that. Yeah. We, the world is changing so fast, Shane. And, um, you know, the, the, this practice of cycle awareness in the last, I don't know, say five years it's just taken off. I mean, we've just been contacted by one of the biggest organizations in the world who are telling us that their employees are practicing cycle awareness and they're wanting to really bring it into the organization now. So this idea of menstrual cycle awareness is not a fringe idea uh, at all. And as people start to practice cycle awareness, a respect for the cycle just comes back in naturally because it's so obvious to everyone that one has to abide by the natural laws that you have to abide by the natural rhythms within you and around you it is the only way to be healthy and to feel good um it's so 
incredibly obvious. And so when people start doing this, this kind of dignity and respect and reverence really for the cycle comes back in. And with that, um, firstly, women won't be so reactive, uh, especially in the premenstruum, because so much of that reactivity comes from the fact that they're fighting against their bodies. So that's the first thing. So when you understand the cycle, women women feel empowered in the sick. I love the premenstruum. I want I want people to hear that I love the premenstruum. I want to second that. I, I used love to it. freaking love it. I was at my most productive. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the cycle. Yeah. And it hasn't always been like that. It comes through cycle awareness. I'm not fighting myself. I'm not fighting my body. I know how to care for my needs. So I'm not so reactive. I'm not so, you know, fly off the handle insane. Um, I have very strong feelings, very strong feelings, but I have a whole different relationship to myself and my feelings and I know how to express them and I know how to care for them. And so it's very, very different. So nobody is calling me whatever the things are that you're thinking of. <laughs> it's not happening for me. And um, so I think this this kind of way of speaking in, that's derogative is going to absolutely stop because it's just not going to be in our culture anymore. So it's coming, it's coming to an end really, really quickly, Shane, <laughs> is my mm-hmm. prediction. I want we're, set, about, we're setting an intention for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah I'm, but what about kind of like the negative language that's kind of used from the girl to herself, though? Do you see that improving through awareness? Or do you feel that there's a lot more awareness to actually be, be put out there? Um. W- we need, I mean, we have gone from being in the dark ages in the 1980s when I started, you know, exploring this. And where we are today is just radically different. It's such a radically different atmosphere. You know, it was, you, you could not talk about it. Now you can't keep menstruation out of the press, frankly. It's yeah. it's totally all over the place now. Periods are everywhere. Try my parents sending me articles about it. Yes, yeah. it's, it's really yeah. kind of cool and yeah. awesome. So when the- Alexandra and I started working together, nobody said period. I mean, no one's like you just didn't talk about menstruation. You just didn't say it. Like people would say in public, and everyone would be, you know, unlike uh, Voldemort and Harry Potter. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So there's been this extraordinary flip that's happened to where it is really spoken about very boldly and strongly now in the mainstream. And yes, there is still um, that the taboo is still there, you know, because we're talking about a whole planet to change. Yeah, yeah. We're making a good head start, I think, Shane. I'd just like to, you know, there's quite a few of us out there now <laughs> who are, um, you know, changing the conversation. So, I mean, there is a long way to go. Um, there is still a long way to go. And, but, the more people we have out there that are just going, hey, your cycles, your self-care tool, it's just like one-on-one, just really basic stuff, you know, you're, you know, just like you pay attention to your day-night rhythm. I think everyone's now got, you can't go without sleep. We've all figured that one out now, I think. We've all discovered, actually, you can't really cut on sleep. Ultimately, it's going to catch up with you. So you have to honour that day-night rhythm. And actually sleeping at night, as Shani mentioned earlier, is is very different to, you know, 
sleeping in the day. I, I, I actually want to say, you know, Shane, you were sort of joking about how when you're tired, you know, how you're the kind of mood you have. Yeah. And um, it's really mess. Yes. <laughs> the, the experience you have when you're tired, those are the symptoms that are named for PMS. And so it's exactly the same is true for women. When we override our cycle, we experience those symptoms that are commonly called PMS. So you know what it's like, Shane. You know exactly what it's like. You know when you snap at people and you're irritable. And- I'm a saint. I've, I've never felt any of these. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. You are a saint. A halo. <laughs> Yeah, you know, people. It's really just. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. The more we, I think there'll be a tipping point where it'll suddenly flip, and then it'll be just so ordinary and so normal to talk about the cycle, and you begin, you know, so implicit as part of a girl's or a menstruator's education to learn how their bodies work and how it's connected to their emotion, you know, moods and feeling and energy and so on. Yeah. It's it's happening. It it's it's happening, and I think it's also happening kind of elite level sports as well. Like even it if you is. look at the England, the England women's football team, they've massively changed, and that was brought in by a male. That was brought in by Phil Neville to, to bring it in. The Olympic athletes have all had to do it uh, during the last little while. The Paralympians have probably have to do it over the last little while as well. So th- there, it's definitely changing. I think there's a lot more research. This is amazing. I was very lucky to have interviewed uh, Dr. Stacey Sims, and she's doing incredible research on that kind of stuff at the minute. Um, so I, I think it is changing, and I, I hopefully it, it keeps going. I think the research is so brand new because everything's been done on lads. Yeah. regarding training and nutrition yeah. and stuff so it, it will take time to kind of get out there but uh if we can keep push pushing out the, the the info it will definitely help you guys mentioned a big red rule in the the book can come yes. one of you guys talk about this a little bit more mm, sure i was actually thinking of this when you were talking earlier about uh, you know your study of the science of the menstrual cycle and uh, even when i was describing the map of the inner seasons um because there is a um, there is a sort of universal template of the cycle, but actually every woman has a, a very kind of singular menstrual cycle, yeah. you know, just uh, it, it's so unique to each woman. Um, and of course, the menstrual cycle also isn't completely constant, it does actually vary, uh, you know, by a day or two here or there or what have you, because it's our stress sensitive system. So it responds to our health and our environment and all that kind of thing. Um, So we can't really go with a kind of cookie cutter, this is what I need to do on this day of my cycle thing, because it doesn't work like that. Uh, It's absolutely about each one of us listening and responding to the place we're in. That's why you've got to get to know your cycle for yourself. So we came up with this big red rule to really help women get this. Alexandra, do you want to say what the big red rule is? Yes. So Shani said there's the archetypal pattern with the characteristics that that go with that. But um, the big red rule says that your own experience trumps anything that we might say. So you don't try to shoehorn your experience into the archetypal map. You take that archetypal map as a starting place and you find your version of that. Um, which, as Shani said, will vary from person to person. And also you're going to find that, you know, Shani and I were talking about loving the premenstrual. 
And some people completely love the first, the inner spring of their cycle or the inner summer, or some find the menstruation the most precious time of all. So everyone is going to um, have their favorite place in the cycle, which isn't the same with every, you know, with, amongst all women, it's going to vary. So your own experience trumps anything we might say. So get to know your own rhythm. Yeah. It's characteristics. And that can just take a matter of, you know, two to four months or so, can't it, Shani? Yeah. If you're charting daily and by the third cycle, you're absolutely going to see, oh, my God, always on that day I have that dream, Shani, it's hilarious, Shani's <laughs> dreams, or, you know, that's the day I always fight with my partner. That's incredible. That's the day I lose it. That's the day... Um, where I want to hide from the world and I don't want anybody looking at me. I used to have that day. <laughs> it's so utterly fascinating. And it's it's almost thrilling, actually, getting to know your own nature. It's really thrilling and it's very freeing because, one, you get to know your nature, your pattern, and the second thing is you make that right. You don't say, oh, it should be like this. You know, you yeah. make – as long as it's, it's within healthy – um, sort of um, parameters, yeah. uh, and there isn't an underlying disease there like PCOS or something, or endometriosis, or any one of those. Uh, no, I think it is important that every single, I think every single person, male or female, is unique. It just happens yeah. to be that the menstrual cycle totally. is yeah. makes you even more unique, and unique ain't yeah. a bad thing. And I think that's where we have to look at it from a point of view is uniqueness is also a good thing. We've tried to be the social norm for so long and look where it's got us. It hasn't got us very far. So we need to try and bring in our own uh, uniqueness into it. The last question I'm going to kind of guys, because I know we are tight for time, is what are the two big poles of the cycle that you guys kind of allude to in the book as well? Alexandra. Yeah, okay. So... Um, in a way, the cycle is organized by two events, and I used to sort of call them the North and the South Pole <laughs> of the cycle. And they are, of course, menstruation and ovulation. And, you know, menstruation sort of then kicks off the first half of the cycle. And then, um, in a sense, you're always in transition between these two poles. So, ovulation then kicks off what happens in the second half of the cycle. And they are like, um, opposites of each other, aren't they, Shirley? So, um, they're like two fulcrums, yeah, mm. that sort of hold they kind of hold the whole cycle process in place, really. Mm. Um, and they are, in a sense, the most stable places in the cycle. Um, because the in the uh, spring and the autumn phases of the cycle, you're sort of in transition from one to the other. So both of them are places of sort of arrival of sort of, ah, you know, I know my groove sort of thing, whether at menstruation, it's when you're drawn completely into yourself and you just want to shut out the outside world. And it's like your inner world just totally expands and, and your spiritual life completely opens up. You just, it's, it's like entering this great, extraordinary, expansive space inside you and then you get the kind of complete opposite of that at ovulation where your inner world sort of closes down more and your attention now is outwards on the world and you're really taking the outer world in now and you've got loads of chi for everybody else so these yes are the two kind of fulcrum moments of the cycle 
where you're probably yeah at your most stable and you guys have a new book coming out for the next stage of the oh how did you know that (laughs) yes our secret book that we've been working on forever um it's a book on menopause the power of menopause i won't say the title yet because we are just needing to let it settle in us <laughs> but we have one almost almost and um almost yeah well we've got the main title we're just negotiating the subtitle i think we're almost there aren't we shani and um this is going to be coming out next june but we are just completing the manuscript now which we are ecstatically happy about because it's been a real um it's been like going through menopause writing <laughs> it's really it's, yeah it's really satisfying shane because our first book wild power is really all about the menstrual cycle and you know people who are reading we're like okay and then what when you know what when your menstrual cycle comes to an end yeah. what then so we now have the kind of second part of the story, uh, the next life chapter, and um, you know the really the sort of uh, the transformation that you go through through menopause is what we talk about. So it's going to be very good to have it out in the world. Oh, it definitely is. It, it definitely is another journey. It, it is, is another huge. It's journey. huge. Yeah. It's, huge. <laughs> it's part of the most freeing journey. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Very liberating. That's it's what it unbelievably was. liberating, but it is also very provocative and challenging and, and for some very dark, actually. Yeah. And we recontextualize all that. We put it all in context and we hope then that women can then make sense of their experience and not get lost to that dark place. Yeah. Where can people find out about you guys on socials or the website or get, or get wild pair? Mm. Um, the best place to find us is via our website, which is redschool.net, and you can access all of our online courses and training programs through that and also links to our social media. On Instagram, we are red.school, and on Facebook, we're Red School Online. But if you type in Red School, you'll, you'll find us. But our website will give you access to everything, so that's the best place to come. And Wild Power is published by Hay House, so it's available you know, everywhere you can find it on Amazon and buy our shop online and all over the place. Hopefully, in your local bookstore. I know my local library has it now as well. So, oh wow, that must be that must be a surreal moment when you see it in the library. Great, yeah, <laughs> that's great, Shani. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, guys, I cannot thank you enough for for both giving up so much of your time to have a, a chat with myself. I wish you the very best of luck with the the new book i wish you the very best of luck hopefully uh, a few people will go and and get wild power from here and have a look at the resources and stuff but guys thank you so much for coming on mm, thank you so welcome. much shane it's a pleasure yeah, thank you shane thank lovely you. chatting with you <laughs>